Morning, church. Have you guys ever had a, just a rough week? You go, you go into the new year and you're like, woohoo, 2018, this is gonna rock. And then your first week just is not what you wanted it to be. I was driving Tuesday, so the second. I'm driving from here home. It's Tuesday night, it's about six o'clock. You ever gotten off 25 at the exit to go to Academy? Anyone ever been there? Academy Boulevard, there's a light that you stop at. I stopped. The car behind me didn't. My Prius might be totaled. That was the second (laughs) of the year. Anyone ever played Ticket to Ride? I've been killing it, playing that game. Santa brought us that game. My family and I have been just playing it a ton. I've gotten tons of roots. We played a couple days ago. I was five cars short of finishing from New York to Seattle. That's 22 cars. That's a lot of points. I didn't get it. (laughs) Besides some of that, I have friends, people I care about, that have lost loved ones. There's two funerals this week. People that I care about lost people they love. I have friends, they're hurting. They're inflicting pain on one another. It's painful. It's no fun. You ever get to an end of week and you're just like, oh my gosh, what is going on? I've been there. Keep that in mind as we go through the text for today. I ended last week talking about wanting to have an undivided heart. Lord, give us an undivided heart that you would be number one. In 2018, we would, would we keep you first? Would we pursue you first? Give us an undivided heart. So with that in mind, we're going into a new series. It'll be about the next five weeks or so. And we're gonna go into a series called Spiritual Renewal. If we want to have an undivided heart where we are focused first and foremost on God, we need to have a spiritual renewal. So what does that mean? I looked it up online. Three different um, explanations of the word. An instance of resuming an activity or state after an interruption the action of extending the period of validity of a license, subscription, or contract, the replacing or repair of something that is worn out, run down, or broken. Now, just to be clear, we're talking about spiritual renewal, and since you don't need a license to be spiritual, the middle definition is not what we're talking about. An instance of resuming an activity or state after an interruption 
or the replacing or repair of something that is worn out, run down, or broken. I think in all of our lives, places that we have been spiritually, we've been there, right? Where you're broken down, where you're angry, where you don't understand what is going on. God, I've only had this Prius for like two years. Saves me lots of gas. It's got a backup camera. It's so fun. God, I don't understand what's going on. Why the heck is my friend or my mom gone? They died too young. Lord, why are these problems with my friends happening? Why, why can't they work out the relationship that I know you want them to have? Lord, what's going on? Ugh. We need renewal. Let's go to our text for today. 2 Corinthians 4. We're going to start at chapter 7. Sorry. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. All right, before we move on, what treasure is Paul talking about here? We have this treasure in clay jars. What's he talking about? Hmm? Gospel. Gospel. I would agree. Tom is correct. Let's look at context. So we're going to go two verses backwards. Two verses back, five and six, chapter four. For we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants, Corinthians, for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out in darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. So let's go back to that first verse again. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. So before we continue, I want to talk about jars of clay. What are jars of clay? We know what the treasure is, Christ living in us, the gospel this is Jars of Clay. Anyone know this band? Songs like Flood and other songs that I can't remember the names of. Um, but great band. And this is actually the verse where they got their name from. But this is not who I'm talking about. Jars of Clay. Jars of Clay. Let's look at this for a second. You see some jars incredibly battered and bruised, almost destroyed. You see some that have some chinks out of them. They, they've had a little bit of a rough time, but they're all right. You have some in the back still fully fulfilling their purpose. Jars of clay, strong, able to endure, but not able to endure all of life able to handle treasures. The Dead Sea Scrolls were found in jars of clay. Treasure that you put stuff in to keep safe, but yet, at the same time, fragile yet strong jars of clay. Let's read now 2 Corinthians 4. We'll go 7 through 12. But we have this treasure 
in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. I wanna go back to verse eight. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We go through a lot in life. We endure a lot. A lot of stuff that happens to us is not fair, is not what God wants. We're disappointed, we're upset, we're crushed. But God is with us. And then verse 11, for we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. How does that look? I think it looks like this picture. If you can't tell, that's a jar of clay, broken, busted, nearly destroyed. But what do you see more than you see the brokenness? You see the light. Through our brokenness, God's light is shown. That reminds me of another verse. Also in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, starting at verse seven. The apostle Paul is speaking because he wrote this letter to the Corinthians. And he says this, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, starting at verse seven. To keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations, there was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Let's pause for a second. To keep me from becoming conceited, God was giving Paul some incredible revelations, speaking truth to him about his scripture, about who he was, about who the Holy Spirit was. God was speaking to Paul. To keep me from becoming conceited, proud, full of myself, because of these surpassing great revelations, there was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That's why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardship, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When I am weak, then I am strong. For Christmas this year, 
uh, I was blessed with the devotional Jesus Calling. Have you guys ever read that? So Susan has it, she's read it, I've read it out of hers before, but I was given my own copy this year at Christmas time. And so I was looking through, reading a day a couple days ago, and this quote came up. People usually associate victory with success, not falling or stumbling, not making mistakes. But those who are successful in their own strength tend to go their own way forgetting about me. It's through problems and failure, weakness and neediness that you learn to rely on me. It goes back to that picture, the picture of the pot. We are jars of clay that through our weakness, God shines his truth, his love, his light into the world. And all too often, it's easy for us to become downtrodden. Oh, woe is me. And sometimes I don't have any problem with anyone feeling that way because sometimes life sucks. Sometimes it's hard and it's painful and it is not anything like God wanted us to experience. But it is through those hard times that God shines. Let's finish reading our text for today. 2 Corinthians 4 we're going to do 13 through 16. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. With the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you in his presence. All this is for your benefit, Corinthians, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Verse 16 again. Therefore, we do not lose heart, Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. So there's two things that are constantly going on in our lives. We are wasting away like the broken pots. We are wasting away with the struggles, with the difficulties, with the weight of our own sin the pain that we bring on ourselves, the pain that the world brings upon us, we are wasting away. And at the same time, we are being renewed day by day. How does that work? How does it work that at the same time that we are struggling and broken and God is using our weakness to shine through, at the same time, we are being renewed we are being made new. We are being transformed and changed. I have a video I want to show. I'm not going to really prep it at all. I want you to watch it and then we'll discuss. Go ahead. Okay. What I want to talk to you about is how to center a ball of clay on a pottery wheel. Um, that's a piece of clay. I'm going to throw it onto the wheel center like that. When you're centering the clay, 
kind of hold your hands like a butterfly like that. So your, your right hand takes a lead and your left hand is behind it. And the important area of your hand for centering the clay is this triangle here. Uh, the, heel of, the heel of your hand is really important and this kind of padding over the top as well. Uh, and this area around the wheel is called the sill. Now it's really important that you rest your arms on the sill to keep your hands really steady. Uh, now, although your hands are in contact with the clay, it's not really your hands that do the centering, and that is the big secret of centering. What does the centering is getting your weight behind your arms and your hands and pushing your weight onto the clay. So, in effect, what you're doing is you're kind of leaning your weight onto the clay. Let me show you how it works at speed. You want to go full speed when you centre. Hold your hands like a butterfly, rest your arms on the sill, tuck your elbows into your body and just lean your weight onto the clay. And once it's kind of roughly on centre like that, what I like to do is I like to fine tune it by putting my right hand on top and my left hand there. And the ideal shape that you want to be wider at the bottom than it is on the top. Um, and the parts of your hand that actually create the profile of this is this bit of your hand creates the side and that bit of your hand actually creates the top. So can you, can you see that from that angle? Okay, let me do it one more time. Let's take that bat off. Okay, so very important, start off with your butterfly shape, rest your arms on the sill, tuck your elbows into your body and transfer your body weight from your elbows down your arms to the heel of your, to the heel of your hand. We're going full speed with the wheel. And can you see that I'm actually leaning onto my, I'm leaning my ribcage onto my forearms and that, that basically gives you a lot of power and Basically, the clay cannot do anything else but to go on centre when you do that. Okay, uh, and that's how to centre a ball of clay. Thank you very much. Okay, what I want to talk... Thank you. So why did I show that to you? He's British. <laughs> that's awesome. His accent rocks. Why did I show that to you? I want to make a couple observations. First off, was the clay easily moldable at the beginning? It was not. You heard him throw it on the wheel and then he smacked it. It wasn't easily moldable. So what was it that he needed to be able to mold it? Three things. Needed movement, he needed water, and he needed the potter's hands. He needed movement, water, and the potter's hands. And when I think about this, and I think about how God renews us day by day, I see the movement of the Holy Spirit moving in our lives, impacting us, working on our hearts, teaching us truth, the Holy Spirit moving through the scriptures to teach us. 
the Holy Spirit movement. The potter's hands, well, that's God the Father. He's our creator. He molds us and shapes us as he wills. God is the potter, we are the clay. So what does the water represent? That's what we're gonna talk about for the next four weeks. Different types of potter water. Um, Different types of potter water that God is going to encourage us to have a prominent, important place in our lives so that he can mold us and shape us and renew us. Because there are many days and many weeks and sometimes years where it feels like we're going through hell, where we need renewed, where our life is broken in different ways. The water is spending time with Jesus. And we're gonna talk about these next four weeks is different ways that we spend time with him where we make him a priority, the top priority, so that we have undivided hearts. Amen.